Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077th Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me as always, my good pal, Simon. Hey, gentlemen. Today we're discussing Season 9, Episode 14, Oh How We Danced. It's the 212th episode overall, directed by Burt Medcalf, written by John Rappaport, originally aired on February 23rd, 1981, and the production code is Z414. Off with the white clothes... On with the green clothes. I always feel very patriotic when I come out of OR. My whites are covered with red and it gives me the blues. Well, at least you boys are free to relax before dinner. Tomorrow's the first I want to get a leg up on the monthly medical reports. So, paisanos, until chow, chow. April's over. Where did it go? See how time flies when you're having a good holocaust? My wedding anniversary is May 23rd. This may sound weird to you, but Peg and I have sort of made it a custom to be together on that day. Well, look at the bright side. At least you have me. You'll have to shave. I need some help. This man just walked in here carrying the boy. I am Keon Lu. Could you help my grandson? We'll take a look. What happened? <laughs> Enemy shell come. Don't you fall in ditch? Looks like a fracture. Better get some x-rays. Yeah, I'll take care of it. Lieutenant, get him into x-ray. I'll meet you there. Yes, doctor. You live nearby? No, up north. Enemy destroy our village. We come south. I guess the military strategy is to get rid of the kids and the old people first, and then the rest of the world will be easy. Off with the green clothes, on with the white clothes. Okay, plot summary for this episode. When Winchester goes to inspect the sanitary conditions at another camp, the failing mark he gives the commander is met with physical violence. Meanwhile, the gang comes up with a surprise for BJ on his anniversary. I'd love to do something special for BJ, but what? I don't know. I never had a wedding anniversary. Well, don't look at me. If we all put our heads together, we ought to be able to come up with something. But what's the point? The dreams of a banquet only make a starving man all the more hungry and miserable. Evening, folks. Hi, Colonel. Charles has this wonderful way of getting to the heart of a matter and then sticking a knife in it. What's the debate all about? BJ's wedding anniversary is coming up, and everybody who's anybody is trying to figure out a way to make it bearable for him. Do you have any suggestions, Colonel? Uh, no brainstorms right off, but there's time yet. Don't forget, it's got to be a surprise. First things first, we got I-Corps business to attend to. A combat unit's been deployed near us. We need an MD to give them their sanitation inspections. Not my turn. I went last time. I know that, Pierce. I keep track of these things. Honeycutt went before you, and you went the time before Honeycutt. It seems there's one name conspicuously missing from the list. Every time it pops to the top, that fellow comes down with some mysterious malady. <coughs> the Winchester version of yellow fever. Major, Doc Potter's got just the prescription for what ails you. For our guest stars, we start off with Arlen Dean Snyder, who played Major Finch. He's born on March 5th, 1933 in Rice, Kansas. He's an actor known for Heartbreak Ridge in 86, one Life to Live in 68, and Mommy's Day in 97. And Yuko Shimoda plays Ki Yong Glu, best known for his starring role as Ko Wakasuki in the NBC movie of the week Farewell to Manzanar in 1976. He also co-starred in the 1960s television series Johnny Midnight, total of 39 episodes, with Edmund O'Brien. We also have Catherine Bergstrom, who played Peg Honeycutt, Known for Halloween 2 in 81, two episodes of M.A.S.H., 
and Cheech and Chong, the next movie in 1980. And Michael Cho plays Soon Chi Lu. This is his only screen credit. We also have Jennifer Davis Westmore, who played Nurse. Oh, and she also starred in Trapper John MD. We haven't had that in a while. <laughs> No, no. Uh, Shari Sabah plays Lieutenant Shari R.N. And she has appeared in 18 episodes of MASH. And of course we have Kelly Nakahara returning as Kelly Yamato. The morning air is crisp and still. In mere moments I embark upon a military mission which may mark my final hours on this planet. Therefore I leave you with these few parting thoughts. To my dear father. I grant you power of attorney for the disposition of all my real estate. To my devoted mother, I bestow upon you my proxy with the single proviso that it never be used to vote for cousin Alfred. To my gentle sister Honoria, I bequeath my butterfly collection. I know you probably don't want it, but cousin Alfred does. Farewell, Cape Cod. Farewell, Havard Yard. Farewell, Baked Scrod. Bravo! Bravo! <laughs> Anthropoid boors. What a touching farewell to Cod, Yard, and Scrod. <laughs> Gentlemen, I don't much care for you either, but if you were about to meet your maker, I could find it in my heart to leave you alone. <laughs> Charles, it's only a routine inspection tour. Pork Chop Hill's already been taken. Ah, uh, one more thing, Mumsy dearest. If I don't come back alive, I would like to be cremated and have my ashes scattered over Robert Taft. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and discuss this episode. I'll start us off. Okay. Uh, I gave this an 8.5. Oh, okay. Uh, there was just something about this episode. I mean, obviously it's, it's Charles-centric. <laughs> yeah. I figured you were going to like but then again, mm. I don't know. Because, I mean, they definitely take his character a certain way. But it also, it felt true to Charles. You know, when, mm. when he goes and gets in a fight, he's, he's a big talker. But, he, you know, he kind of, you know, when things... Weak sides of it. Yeah, yeah. He just kind of went. Yeah, like he just, he didn't mm. want to get hit. He was afraid. He showed a little fear. Which it was, you know, which he acknowledged, which I thought was great of him to do that. To, you know, because most people would have, especially like a man's man would have just brushed it off as, you know. Yeah. But uh, I love the fact that he owned up to it and he actually took action and tried to, you know, learn some what, <laughs> Kung Fu. <Freud. laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, it was, you know, I, I like the fact, you know, it was, it was a really, it was just a really intimate look into Charles, the side mm. of Charles that we normally don't see. You know, he's always boastful and egotistical and arrogant. And this was a more, it was a more uh, insecure side of him. Um, you know, his pride was, it was... Uh, was bruised and yeah. he, he took action, you know, and I mean, I think he was a little, probably a little harsh on this other camp, but then again, that's Charles. That's what his, you know, that's his job. That's what he does. Yeah. So it really didn't, uh, didn't surprise me that he gave them a low rating. Uh, and plus he didn't want to do it to begin with, which I thought was funny. Him, you know, being such a drama queen when, he, <laughs> when, when, uh, when Potter was handing out the assignment, you know, and and Charles is trying to you know pretend that he's sick. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Charles, yes, that's something you would Here do. Here we go again. Yeah. Uh huh. I did like the fact that, like I said, he learned karate. That was fun. Or at least tried to learn karate. That was fun. I really enjoy the 
B story, or I don't know, you know, I guess Charles would be the A story, and then BJ's anniversary would be the B story. Mm. I really, I don't know. That's what I'm saying because the title wouldn't would make you believe that BJ because it's called, you know, uh, how we danced. Yeah, how we danced, and that's part of the whole BJ story. Um, and I really liked it, but it really wasn't that prevalent. It was just Hawkeye, you know, poking BJ for info, which <laughs> you know BJ was onto it. I mean, he knew something was up. Because Hawk- going on, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so suspicious with all Hawkeye's questions. Oh, I liked uh, Hawkeye when he was on the comms with, uh, I don't remember who he was talking to, Finch, I think. And he was mm. pretending to be Winchester. And I am sure, my pugnacious Major Finch, that you are cognizant that a military tribunal does not look favorably upon the felonious assault of an officer. I think I hurt my tongue. Of course I plan to press charges. Your pugilistic exhibition was both lugubrious and sedacious. Sedacious? I just made that up. What does he know? I intend to demand the gallows. Can you do Jimmy Stewart? Reconsider! Reconsider! You must be crazed. However, now that you broach the subject, there is one thing that could secure your freedom. I want... And harmonica. You heard me, and harmonica. If you can't locate one in your unit, look elsewhere. You have 24 hours. Cure. Bravo! Terrific! Gentlemen. That was the worst impersonation of a person (laughs) I've ever heard. Yeah. Apart apart from when he says gentlemen afterwards. That was the only (laughs) Winchester-ish thing, yes. Everything else was so, I'm like, okay. I guess he sounded pompous, so it worked. But yeah, I was like, I mean, I know he purposely did, you know, I mean, Alan Alda did a horrible job. He wasn't trying to yeah. impersonate him, but I just thought it was funny. I'm like, I don't know who's going to buy that. But of course, it, you know, it's a comedy bit and it was funny. I literally laughed out loud when Winchester is giving his speech at the end, <laughs> trying to put on his shoes. I don't know if there's a whole scene with him and he, and he finally stops and he, he takes a step and he he puts on his shoe and then he continues the speech like right in this middle yeah. dramatic speech it is really good i just uh, his timing is perfect let's see oh yeah i have in my notes here yeah i was a wreck at bj when bj was crying with the video i was sitting there right along with him ah. it was just it was so sweet and so nice and it was such an amazing thing that Hawkeye did and recorded mm. those it was just a very special i don't know if that was actually happen you know Technology wise, if someone can get a camera and, you know, do voiceover yeah. and, you know, that, that take, believe me, I work in post-production. It that takes, that takes a lot of work to do that. I was going to say, in, 19, in the 1950s as well, for, for yes. a house on lady. Film, <laughs> you know? On film. <laughs> <laughs> it's not this digital stuff. Today time, no, that's a piece of cake. But yeah, back then. Oh, you could do it on your phone? Yeah. No, but, yeah. yeah. Back then, no, that would never have happened. But it was still very sweet. And I, I mean, you can just see BJ and, you know, his, his emotions and he's such a good actor, uh, Mike Farrell. Mm. And I was crying right, right along with him. So <laughs> it did. And then I loved when Margaret said, you know, I'm, I know I'm not her, but, you know, w- would you dance? And BJ, I know I'm not Peg, but will I do? They yeah. dance. It's just a very sweet. And again, I love seeing the soft side of Margaret because you know it's there. We've seen it before. She's an amazing... oh, especially especially now. Oh yes, you know. yes. The later Margaret, once Frank got out of the picture, um, she's definitely. But she's still the hard ass. You know, she hmm. still can be. But you also 
see this motherly side, you know, for the men that she takes care of. And I just like that moment. You know, she's the main mm-hmm. she's the main woman there. So, of course, she steps up and uh, pretends to be Peg, which was really nice. Yeah, I wrote my note. Not really a ton of stuff happened. It was just this very intimate personal story mm-hmm. with BJ and with yeah. Winchester. That was really yeah. it, you know. Uh, you know, of course, there's a few, you know, slapstick type of things, you know, where the, where the guys are playing to Winchester and then the guy comes back with the harmonica and then Winchester catches, yeah. uh, you know, there's all that. But this, in the heart of it, it was really about Winchester's pride being bruised or him being, you know, afraid. And then it was about BJ missing his wife on the anniversary um, and the and his friends trying to cheer him up. So, I mean, I really liked both stories. They were both well done, well acted. And I, I actually, that's why I gave it eight and a half. I almost gave it a nine, but I'm like, ah, it's not quite nine there. But, oh, right, okay. yeah, yeah. How about you? Oh, well, okay. Um, <laughs> I gave... That always worries me. <laughs> uh, I gave this nine out of ten. Ah, yay! <laughs> uh, and I, I, I'm not 100% sure why, because, again, like you said, he's one of those episodes where it's kind of like just flows along and, you, you know, nothing mm-hmm. overly stands out. But I think that's what yep. makes this episode so good. Um, you mm-hmm. know, like you said, I mean, this, I know a few of our listeners of of, of of always do comment out how we moan about the mash timeline. It's it's just one of those things that you can't help it really. I mean, so this yeah. you're kind of assuming that this is the first anniversary BJ's missed being at war. So we're looking at May the twenty third here. Uh, which is amazing, really, when you think about how old Mike Fowler suddenly got. His hair's gone and he's got a moustache in a couple of months. But, you know, you can skip those things. I, I do like this idea. Yeah. And normally I get a little bit kind of like, oh, God, here he goes again, whinging about his family and his kid and all this. And she's ironic because I'm a father as well. But uh, there's something about this episode which I really do quite like. And I like the fact that it shows the kindness of the group. It kind of, you know, Hawkeye, mm-hmm. who we normally, every now and again, we can get a a little bit tired of his you know his antics and stuff like that but he's actually going out of his way here he comes up with a really good idea and i like the fact that he gets his idea from charles what charles is doing because yes. you go to charles's yes. story where you know he, he thinks he's going to die and he, he turns around oh, and he's, he's literally writing his will on it well recording his will yeah and he turns around and says my butterfly collection i know you don't want it but the cousin does <laughs> i i absolutely <laughs> i absolutely love the way he's got that vindictive side to him now and then hawkeye you know, you can see the click in his eye just before you cut to the next scene. Mm-hmm. The whole thing with Winchester when he comes back and he's he's angry about the you know the sanitation thing, and he ends up getting getting his tooth knocked out, which he seems to get yes. fixed quite quickly in Korea. But I'm sure that's because he's he's got money to have somebody paid to come out. Um, his karate uh, training session, beautifully clean white uh, outfit. There, I noticed uh, for his karate <laughs> thing, which is, which is pretty terrible. I can tell you that. I'm sure you just go to the local store and get one of those things. It does. And I think the only yeah. thing that I, I kind of... I'll tell you what... No, I'll come to that in a minute. But I, with, the, with the whole karate thing, I can understand exactly what, like, what you're saying. He's, he feels that his, his nobility has been dented. So he mm-hmm. needs to kind of build his back up again. But if he'd used his noggin and Hawkeye and BJ... I mean, I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to go back and watch whether they actually are all together during this bit. I don't know if they know that Charles is annoyed by what's going on. But they could have actually said to him, you know, there's one way you can get him back is this kid needs harmonica. If you threaten to... Mm. You know, they could do that. But thinking about it now, maybe they... They're not aware of his predicament. I'm not. No one's very sure. the The whole anniversary video is brilliant, apart from one thing, and it stands out 
an absolute oh. mile, okay? And that's the photograph of Mike Farrell on the uh, fireplace. I hate that because it's a promotional shot for the show. And I, t- <laughs> I tell you where this stands out even worse is during Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, where on uh, on Indiana's uh, desk there's a picture of Sean Connery, which is a which is a photograph taken from a promo still from Last Crusade, and it annoys me something. <laughs> but it really does, you know. Uh, but that's the that's the only thing. And I have to be honest with you, as hard as I am, as English as this stiff upper lip goes. <laughs> I, too, had a watery eyeball, just the one, oh. mind. He didn't deserve two eyeballs, but just the <laughs> one. During Mike Favell's wonderful acting, I love that kind of acting. I love the fact that he sits yeah. next to Margaret who holds his hand. I love the fact that be- that Hawkeye's tapping him on the shoulder. The whole gang's here. This is what's really yep. nice. You've got Party, you've got Klinger, who's not in this, this much, really. Um, you've yeah. got, you know, you've got, like, Father Mulcahy. It's just a wonderfully I'll end of it with the whole kind of like the dance and that. And it's there's just something about that which I, I love in these episodes of Mash, where it doesn't you know it doesn't have to be overly comic, it doesn't have to be overly sentimental, overly kind of like you know propaganda regarding war. It's every now and again mm-hmm. to show how a close knit group it is, and yeah, I, I I really like it. Awesome, Major Winchester. Yes, what is it, Major Finch? Well. Comforting to know they're still enforcing the 15-drink limit at the officers' club. Well, after that inspection you gave us, I, I was feeling pretty rotten. I, I guess I had a few. Well, you needn't guess. There's no doubt about it. Well, then I got to thinking that, that I could come over here and, and get you to reconsider. I don't think that that rating was fair. Well, you're absolutely right, but what, what can I do? There's no number lower than zero. Oh, Doc, I really got on their butts. And my men are going to fix up most of that stuff the way you want it, is Splendid. It? I'm sure whoever succeeds you as commanding officer will uh, be favoured with a much higher rating. Oh, come on, Major. It wasn't that bad. Uh, well, perhaps not to a man who looks at the world through rose-coloured eyeballs. Look, why don't you just stagger on back to your compost where you are indeed top of the heap? So that's it, huh? You're going to be real gung-ho about this. Gung-ho? Who? You, you big bag of wind. Well, I see you're as clever as you are clean. Okay. How does this hit you? Oh! Oh! Come on, you big chicken. Let's see how clever you are, huh? What? What did IMBD think? Okay, well, IMDB gave it an 8 out of 10, which is pretty close to really what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I think they. Are. I think it is. It's probably one of the more higher rated episodes, mm. and it is probably because it's more intimate and more personal, and not like you said, it's not about the the overarching war story. It's more about these people being stuck together, their friendship, the bond they've had. Yeah, you know, and what they what they go through for a friend uh, and for a patient. Because I mean, look what the guys did for you know for this little kid to get a harmonica. So oh, that yeah. was very sweet too. So, I'll yeah. tell you what, he, he plays it very well. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. For just picking it up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, amazing. <laughs> there is man who strike Major Winchester. Uh, uh, will you uh, folks uh, string along without me for a minute? Major Finch, I'm Major Winchester's associate, Captain Honeycutt. Did you bring the harmonica? Well, yeah, I did, but it uh, wasn't easy. Oh, that's great. Major Winchester's busy right now, but I'll be sure he knows you brought it. Thanks very much. See you around. <clears throat> What's so important about a crummy harmonica? You just watch. Soon she. Here's a little something for you to play with. 
Well, go on. It's not going to bite back. This is best medicine of all. For me, too. This means I'm square with Winchester, right? Right. We appreciate your bringing it. Consider the noose open and the case closed. <laughs> so you've returned to the scene of the crime, have you? Well, you've played right into my hands, you feisty little pipsqueak. This time I'm prepared. Oh, no, Charles, it's okay. It's okay. Out of the way, honey. I can handle this quite well. Thank you. Victor, I don't understand. Oh, of course not. Now, you came here expecting to see your favorite punching bag cowering in a corner, whimpering, didn't you, huh? Huh? And you let's step outside, Mac. Now, look, I don't want any trouble. He doesn't want any trouble. Oh, of course not. Not now that you see that my entire body is a steel spring, ready to unleash the pent-up... Oh, hell. Thank you very much. Pent-up fury of a dozen common men. <laughs> Let me give you just a small sample of what's in store for you. <laughs> Look, uh... Oh! At least I was drunk. What the hell's your excuse? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. All right, let's move on to some behind-the-scenes. I have a few here. Uh, I'll start us off. One of the two times we see Peg Honeycutt, and the only time we see her in real life, well, in quotes, because she's on video. Uh, yeah. The other occasion was in a dream uh, BJ has in the episode Dreams from last season. I remember that episode. That was a good episode. That was a good episode. One of my favorites, that yeah. one. Um, this suddenly was the last episode in the series of Yuki Shimoda, uh, just months before his death from colon cancer. Ah, well, he did a good job. When BJ is talking about Aaron, he says, I can't believe it's almost it's been almost a year earlier in Wars of All Season, season nine, episode six. Uh, we see where 1950 turns into 52. So BJ has been in Korea for well over a year. Yeah. So I, I, again, I, it's, it's that timeline it's thing. It's a timeline thing, but I think you could actually turn around and say that maybe he says, oh, I can't believe it's been almost a year since his anniversary or something. Maybe you could put it like that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, that can work. Yeah. Yep. Uh, after being punched in the mouth by Major Finch, Charles speaks quite casually about getting a tooth replaced. Next season, in The Tooth Shall Set You Free, we find that Charles has a phobia about dentists. <laughs> well, yeah, after getting punched in the mouth. Oh, exactly, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think Meds mentioned this earlier, but BJ Honeycutt's anniversary is May 23rd, so we have an actual date. Mm. And the tune the little boy is playing on the harmonica, stroke the person in the background, uh, is, <laughs> is Anniversary Waltz by Johann Strauss. Oh, that is, yeah, he did pick that up so quickly. <laughs> And who te- who taught him? I think he said, uh, was it Mokehi? I think, yeah, Mokehi so taught him that. Play, yeah. play it like I taught you? Yeah. I'm like, good job, Mokehi, man. You should teach most people. Exactly. Well, considering how his bad his piano playing is, he's certainly That's right. Uh, all right, cool. Come on, let me take it to the old club. I'll buy it. Nah. I'll even drink it for you. Come on, one lousy drink. How long are you going to sit here and mope? Just till I get it right. Hey, guys, we're in for it now. What's the matter? Oh, it's a long, ugly story. You know that harmonica Major Finch got us? Well, it seems he stole it from one of his men. So the guy got ticked off and decided to press charges against Finch. So Finch claimed that Winchester called him up and blackmailed him. So i called Colonel Potter, who in turn called in Winchester, who denied knowing anything about the phone call. So Potter says, well, if you didn't make the phone call, who did? Why am I asking? Get Pearson Honeycutt over here right now. I knew things were going too well. Colonel, this is ridiculous. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> hey, everybody, I, I uh, really appreciate the thought. It's just that... Uh, Beach, trust me. This is not your average everyday anniversary party. All right, I have this 
episode's trivia. So last episode's question, where were the patients usually shipped after being treated at the 4077th? And the answer is the 325th EVAC. Hmm. This episode's question, I know people are going to, I got some answers that said Tokyo, which is true. They do go to Tokyo, but they go to EVAC first and then to Tokyo. Afterwards. Yeah, they, they, go to, they go to the EVAC to, uh, well, exactly what it says, isn't it? It's basically yeah. it's a delivery center. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this episode's trivia question. Who was the Tokyo Rose of Korea? Mm. Yeah. Go ahead and email your answers to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. I know you'd like to be with a little woman today, but that's something we just couldn't pull off. So we did the next best thing. Please, BJ, have a seat. You all set here, Winchester? Roger, Colonel. Clear lights. Hi, darling. More than anything, I wish we could be together today. And I know you feel the same. Your wonderful friends obviously know, too. So... With the help of Dad... Did we surprise you? ...rented equipment and a little tape recording Hawkeye sent me. Here's how this day might be if you were here. Oh, isn't she adorable? Peg's always up first, changing air and nursing her. Except now she's gotcha. not bringing her food. I can't believe it's almost a year. Darling. Oh, Downstairs and Peg pours me a damn cup of coffee and I drink it. <laughs> Sometimes if I close my eyes and think hard enough, I can picture Peg and Aaron so clear it's almost like I'm back home. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Look at that face. <laughs> Just seeing Peg give her a bath, watching her blow the little bubbles off her hand. BJ, she's adorable. Uh, After we'd put Aaron to bed, the rest of the evening would belong to us. Peg would put on her very best dress. I'd be waiting for her at the bottom of the stairs. Where would you eat? A little place in Sausalito, maybe. Better still a candlelight dinner at home. Then we'd dance and talk and hold each other. BJ, I know that some film and tape can't actually replace the real thing, but this particular anniversary will always be special to me. Don't be sad, darling. Even though I can't be with you, the thought of you and the love I hear in your voice makes me realize how wonderful it'll be when we're together again. 10,000 miles can never separate us from the love we share. Happy anniversary, darling. You can find MASH 4077 podcasts all over social media. We have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at MASH 4077 Podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. You can find Meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook fan group. You can join up by searching facebook.com slash mash 4077 podcast or just type in mash 4077 podcast in the search and our page will come up. 
you have any questions or comments or you want to answer some of our trivia questions, you can send those emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to mash4077podcast all over the interwebs. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and now we're on Spotify. And if you want to see show notes or do a direct download or listen to the podcast online, you can go to our main website at mash4077podcast.com. All right, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Mm. I think we both agree this was definitely uh, one of our uh, definitely a top top favorite of both of us. Yeah, eight and a half and a nine. I mean, yeah, I mean, it can get a little better, but not much better than that. It's normal. That's in school. That's normally the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm Kenny, and I'm Simon, and we'll be seeing you. Goodbye, Doctor. Goodbye. Sunchi and I will always be grateful. You're more than welcome. You and Sunchi brought a little sunshine and music into our lives. <laughs> Oh, thank you, thank you. You have a good trip home now. Just a minute. Excuse me, Dr. Puny. Oh. Uh, hold on there, fellas. Uh, let me have a crack at it. Yeah! <laughs> Did you study with Key Young? Nope, I learned that from a mule I once owned. <laughs> Mash fans. Now, as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast. And we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world. So, if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or, of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com, and we would be honoured if you would join us. Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with The Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved.